Welcome to the Public Services Reform podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam and today I'm talking to Sarah Smith and we're going to be talking about the idea of a public service ethos, uh, whether such a thing exists and if so, uh, what difference it makes. Sarah, why don't you start by explaining what the public service ethos is? Right. Well, I don't think it's necessarily very precisely defined, but I think most people would have some understanding of what it means. I think it's basically used to refer to the fact that, that there's a belief that motivation differs across the sectors that people work for. So the idea that people in the public sector and the not-for-profit sector are motivated by different things than people working in the private sector. And basically that they're motivated... Um, not so much by extrinsic motivation, so by financial motivations, but they're basically motivated by caring about the things that they're doing. So if you kind of think about one of the implications of public service um, motivation or public service ethos, it means that if you people in the public sector or the not-for-profit sector will work hard because they care, whereas if you want people in the private sector to work harder, you basically have to pay them more. So it's a fairly intangible concept. How, how do you go about pinning it down? How do you go about measuring it? Um, so in th- there's a, there are a number of studies which have tried to uh, find some evidence to support the idea of public service motivation in the past. And what they've typically done is to ask people about what it, what's important about the work that they do and, and why they've chosen uh, the work that they do. So people ask, ask directly about m- motivation. Um, and so studies have found that people in the public sector and the not-for-profit sector tend to, are more likely to say that they, that they want a job where they can do something useful or they want a job that's kind of important, whereas people in the private sector are typically more likely to say that they want a job where they're going to be financially well rewarded. So you can see some evidence um, of public service motivation in this kind of um, evidence about motivation, but it's fairly soft evidence, I think, because of course um, people might just be reporting, they might be might just be saying what they think they should say, rather than kind of reporting that their, their, their true levels of motivation. So what we've tried to do is approach the issue from uh, a different angle and find some kind of hard evidence as to whether these differences in motivations are actually reflected in uh, in the work that people do. Um, and to do this, basically, what we've done is looked at uh, unpaid overtime. Because if you think unpaid overtime, the extra hours that you put in uh, above what you're contracted to do and aren't directly financially rewarded for seem to us to be a pretty good measure of uh, additional effort that people might put into their job and it's kind of it's captured in surveys it's a kind of a hard measure and it's comparable across people working in you know a whole range of different jobs and a whole range of sectors so we kind of thought unpaid overtime was a good measure of um, extra effort. So you have these numbers you've looked at I gather education healthcare, social care and whether people are doing unpaid overtime in, in those in those uh professions and what, what, what do the results suggest? Do they have a public service ethos? Well yes we have found uh, evidence that, that the unpaid overtime uh, differs across the sectors and in a way that you'd expect in line with public service motivation so we kind of we expected to find public service motivation in what we call caring uh, industries so we chose health education and social care because the literature has suggested that this is where people are likely to give their extra effort and where people are really likely to care about the outcome so basically what we did is kind of compared um, the kind of non-profit sector so both public sector and not-for-profit sector with private sector 
and then looked at caring industries and compared the difference to non-caring industries. And it's not a general public sector effect, because um, if you look at kind of non-caring industries, that there's no non-profit premium. But if you look at those caring industries, health, education, social care, there's a big non-profit premium. So people in the non-profit sector are more likely to do unpaid overtime, um, and if they do it, uh, they do slightly more, so around nine hours a week compared to eight hours a week. And this, and so basically, we, you know, there are lots of differences between people working in the different sectors. So we, we, we realise it's important to control for all these. And when you do that, the non-profit premium doesn't go away. Um, it's around uh, 12 percentage points or 40%. So if you take a same, the same person working in the same job in the non-profit sector compared to the profit for-profit sector, they're 40% more likely to do unpaid overtime than someone in the private sector. So that's a fairly sizable difference. I mean, to give you some idea of how how this kind of translates into, beha- into behaviour, how big this non-profit premium is, it's around 120 million extra hours being put in by people in the non-profit sector compared to, you know, if they were sort of in working for the private sector. So it's kind of a fairly big contribution to uh, sort of total output in the non-profit sector is um, unpaid overtime or a sort of a donation of labour by the people who are working there. Can you explain a little more about what it is about the people in the, in the, these professions, or is it something about the professions that, that makes people have this motivation? I mean, what, what happens if you, if you took a person out of a caring profession and put them in the private sector? Would, would they lose their motivation or would they just be that kind of person or behave that way no matter what their workplace was like? So there, there are two kind of um, explanations in the literature as to why you might expect to see this difference. So one basically focus on the, focuses on the incentives in different incentives in the two different sectors. So if you think about the private sector, they have a very strong profit maximisation motive. So basically, the argument runs that even if I want to donate my labour, if I want to do unpaid overtime in the private sector, I won't because I'll know that I might well be exploited and my extra effort will simply go to increase profits rather than actually helping the people I want to help, the patients or the, or the, or the children. Whereas in the non-profit sector, there isn't that strong profit motive. So if I want to donate my labour, if I want to put in the extra effort, it will go directly to helping the people I want to help. So there are very different kind of incentives in the different sectors which might give rise to this behaviour. If that's the case, we kind of expect to see people changing their behaviour as they move uh, between the sectors. So someone going from the for-profit to the non-profit would would increase their unpaid overtime and obviously the the opposite if they're moving in the other direction. So we looked at people who switch from one sector to the other to the other and we can't find any evidence that they change their behavior. Instead what we seem to be finding is um, essentially people who care and people who donate their labor are more likely to move into the sector and people who essentially don't donate their labor don't do any unpaid overtime when they're in the non-profit sector they move out. So basically it's a sorting of different types of people across the different sectors which is giving rise to this difference. Now it may well be that the different institutional incentives explain the sorting but people don't change their behaviour when they switch. If you'd like to put it very very crudely you basically have caring people and non-caring people and caring people go and work in the public sector and non-caring people go and work in the private sector and that's that we can see that in the behaviour of people who switch between the sectors and what they're doing before they switch and what they're doing after they switch. 
So what, what, what do you think your evidence uh, indicates about the whole agenda of public services reform, the, the focus of this, this research centre and, yes. the, and these podcasts? I mean, well, uh, I, I, mean, I, I, think this, I think it's, um, I think it's very relevant to the current public service reform debate. So I, I think there are a number of sort of conclusions that we kind of like to draw out of it. So that there's, there's a literature, um, for example, Julian Legrand's written about this uh, quite a lot, about the different motivations between, um, be- between workers. He's characterised people as potential knights or knaves. And he's saying that it matters a lot um, what type of people are working in the public sector as to how you should incentivise them. Basically, if people are knightly, if they're altruistically motivated then they won't respond very well to very hard financial incentives whereas if people are knaves if they're only motivated by money then clearly you know hard financial incentives are the way forward so we're finding evidence of knightly behavior which according to you know julian legrand's argument would suggest that very hard financial incentives won't really work very very well in motivating them and indeed may well undermine the kind of the altruistic motivations that exist in the first place. So that's kind of one implication. It bears out this kind of the, the, the idea of, of nightly motivated people in the public sector who may well be uh, disincentivized by a very kind of hard financial incentivization approach. The other kind of, um, I guess, the another conclusion is, is about who should provide the services. So clearly, Um, You know, we're moving from a situation where all services are provided by the public sector to a situation where, you know, the private sector is competing and the non-profit sector is competing. So I think our, you know, the implication from our finding is is it does matter who's delivering these services. And clearly there are some advantages in private sector provision, but what you may lose is, uh, you know, a large amount of unpaid overtime which clearly, you know, is an important contribution in providing these services. So I think you kind of need to think carefully. It kind of adds an additional element to the debate about who should provide these services and, you know, taking into account the unpaid overtime that people will provide if the services are provided by the non-profit sector does kind of slightly change the balance in favour of who should provide the services. Sarah Smith, thank you very much. (laughs) 